Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. These days, having versatile clothing you can wear anywhere is a must. That's why American Giant makes clothing that fits into your life and is made to last. Plus, with an impressive selection of staples to choose from, there's something for everyone. And it's all made right here in the USA. Find your new wardrobe staples at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your order when you use code WA23 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code WA23. Hello, listener. An exciting podcast because we had the opportunity to play FIFA 23 and can now talk about it. It was an early build, but there is a lot to discuss because it's fair to say there have been quite a few changes and we'll be talking about the gameplay deep dive too. Looking forward to getting into it. And I can introduce, as I so often do, Foot Legend Air Japes. How are you enjoying maybe a slightly less FIFA-filled summer? It's good. I am still surprisingly maybe playing more FIFA than I anticipated, Mm -hmm. which is kind of fun. I've enjoyed some of the... Uh, content this summer. I think there have been some fun cards and stuff, but I think the exciting times are all ahead for us. Yeah, there is a lot that's come out over the past week or so, I should say, and it's a little bit of a tricky time for me, actually. I'm currently moving out of the place I've been for a few years, so bear in mind things are going to probably be released at a strange time. Not quite sure when this will come out, um, but thanks for bearing with that, and do send any questions, comments in. Uh, Very keen to cover them on future podcasts. Also keen to introduce our next guest neil guides hello hello thank you for having me back on again great to have you and exciting because you actually played fifa 23 out in vancouver at eahq that is correct i did go to vancouver i did get a early glimpse of fifa 23 um so i'm looking very much forward to uh, times ahead as japes was saying i think especially towards the beta i believe that's coming if you do get the invite mm. if you're lucky enough to get the game code i believe it's in two weeks time or normally around about that time every year yeah, that'll be interesting. And we can introduce our final guest, who is top two NA player on the podcast. Hubert, welcome back. Thank you for having me. I have not played the new build of FIFA yet. I guess uh, my you know, 400-something followers was <laughs> not quite enough to get me an invite. But uh, yeah, looking forward to hearing more from you guys about it and asking some questions. 
And I guess it's quite good because we're in a situation where, Japes, you've not had much time to have a look at the pitch types at all. They've only very recently come out and you also didn't get much of a chance to play uh, the build. So, yeah, Japes, is there anything particularly interests you, either in what you've kind of seen glimpses of or the thing that you were thinking, uh, I hope this changes for FIFA 23? Uh, I don't know about hope it changes, but I, you know, Ben, once upon a time, I was a huge fan of semi-assisted shooting mm. and there might be a reason to be that again indeed yeah an improved semi-assisted shooting which actually will give you i think it said something like a 50 percent improvement or a doubling actually of uh, your accuracy when taking on a shot with semi-assisted uh neil is this something you had an experiment with when you got hands-on with the game yes it's actually a very interesting feature i think one of the things that really frustrated me this year in 22 was finishing and um, I think I used to use manual back in the day. I used to play four manual controls, but I eventually wow. moved to assisted um, after I realized all my friends weren't using manual and I was just losing all the time. Well, not losing, but <laughs> playing a different game, I would say. But the semi-assisted shooting is actually a very, very interesting feature because now you can have the accuracy, of course, is that penalty. If you do miss, you could probably hit the shot outside the post most of the time. But I think the benefit of just increasing accuracy, trying to get the ball into the corner will make a big difference, I think, for the skill gap. Yeah, it feels like they're looking to go more manual as they have done the past few years. Uh, do you think that's something that's fair to say based on what we've seen? Hugh, and is it something you're, you're looking forward to? I guess it's a more competitive play, probably are. Yeah, I'm certainly all for it. You know, anything that kind of improves the ability of more skilled players and also hopefully decreases the need a bit for like top cards in the game. You know, if mm -hmm. it, if it's more reliant on what your ability is with the controller, then that's certainly a good thing for me. You know, I think we've talked in the past about like pro tournaments where maybe if everyone had the same access to the same players and then it just came down to your skill with the controller, that would be a better sense of who the best players are. So it sounds like they're kind of taking a step in that direction as well. Yeah, on top of that, you've got the fact that it looks like lobbed or over-the-top through balls are going to have a separate controller option, it says, and they're going to be locked under competitive control, so in-foot, to semi-assisted. And that does make sense because this cycle, ground-through balls, while effective, have not felt nearly as overpowered uh, being semi-assisted as over-the-top through balls, which seems to have been assisted this cycle, which kind of makes sense, Neil, as to why they were pretty strong. To be honest, I always found them to be very overpowered, especially, you know, when the meta was very much get the ball, kind of face away 45 and then do the L1 triangle over the top. Mm. I found it was, this one is maybe a bit too overpowered, but I think if semi-assisted is a default, it's kind of putting more onus on the individual now to actually aim it. Mm. So I think hopefully we'll get a bit more of the skill gap so those on it probably still be quite easy to do but i think at least you're going to intend to do it not by just hitting and hoping as you said by aiming one direction doing a complete power or using the l1 doing a driven variation of it the threaded the flip side of that and what always like concerns me with this is that it makes it so that any player can hit these insane through balls yeah as in any right? like foot uh, player isn't on the pitch yeah whatever you want to call it like character in the game or yeah yeah you know, like you can all of a sudden hit this like magical pass and mm. I, you know i think that's the hard part with these semi-assisted controls because you you want it to be that way in in many senses because then it's more controlled by the user mm. but in the same token like yeah if it's like a a doubling of accuracy someone who's not very good at passing is then going to be very good at passing so totally i you know i think back to 
once upon a time in FIFA, you had a competitive mode where it made every player 86 rated overall. Mm. And that is, then it's like even across the board. And my question is with like the semi stuff, is it going to basically level out all the stats? So mm. pace just reigns king again. Yeah. Right. Or like physical attributes reign king. So I don't know. Yeah, that brings us on to one of the most manual things in the game, I guess, in FIFA 23. Alongside what we have currently, which is heading, uh, this new power shot is going to be manual controlled, and that is LB and RB. Uh, it means you get this big wind-up, big run-up to the shots, and then they'll hit it with what is, I guess, increased likelihood to beat the keeper. But it's going to take quite a bit of getting used to. Let's just say that it wasn't just Rosed top tier that was under threat, but on a few occasions, actually, the linesman, um, which I wasn't expecting. <laughs> so just like Ben in real life. <laughs> well, yeah, one of the most realistic things I've seen. But the thing is, it's not just the fact that when you're aiming it initially, you have to keep that aim throughout the motion. And it's quite a long motion. I was moving the analog stick towards the end. So that's what the shot would take into account. And so that's probably an important thing uh, to think about. Uh, that big wind up is also something you have to get used to for sure. I was thinking, Neil, if people want to practice this, they could switch to manual shooting and then take some long shots or even closer range shots and they'll start to get used to that feel of manual shooting, which I think people won't find intuitive. I don't know, perhaps you picked it up quite quickly. That was basically the same as you. Um, I'm sure people... <laughs> That's good to know. It's not, it's not just me. That's aiming for the crowd. But once you get used to it, um, I think I think it would be a good feature. I think, you know, one issue we had this year was we dropped back. I think... If the balance is right, like in 1v1s when I did use it, it was very, very effective if you have loads of space around you. But as you said, the animation does take quite a long time to load up so someone can see it coming. The kind of way I looked at it is, do you remember like the setup touch? I think they brought that in FIFA 20, I believe. Is it FIFA 20? Yeah, 20 or 21. But like a more powerful version. But I, I can't remember anyone even using a setup touch, to be honest. But this one was obviously visibly much more effective. And as you said... For me, in 1v1s, I found it to be effective and also outside the box. But it'll be interesting. I wonder if you can, as you said, practice in, on manual. I wonder if it's kind of like the same aiming mechanics. That actually might be a good way to kind of give yourself a bit of a practice, a bit of a gist on how roughly the controls will work mm. when 23 does come out. Hugh, uh, how do you feel about this kind of uh, shot? I guess it's good if you're trying to break down a pack defense, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually a big fan of it just because I think it's like a high risk, high reward type thing. Whereas... In this FIFA and also, of course, previous FIFAs, it felt like if you're outside the box, there's a few key spots where you know you can score from. And unless you're in those spots, you'll just will never shoot. So like mm. if you're at like the corner of the box or just outside dead on, you think, okay, a finesse from here probably has a decent chance of going in. But say you're kind of like at a 30 degree angle and you know, it's it's not like that ideal meta spot to shoot. Like no one ever shoots and it makes the game like very predictable. Mm. So even if it's not a high chance of scoring, it still gives you something to think about. You have to close people down. Maybe you do one of those setup touches Neil was talking about and then you fake shot and someone slides and go around them or you want a free kick. So like it's it's just another way to like make the game interesting and less, you know, predictable. So yeah. for me, I'm all for it, even if it's not going to be like, something I'm doing like every time I get the ball in the opposition half. Yeah, one thing I don't know whether you notice this, Neil, but it is cancelable. So you can really oh, no. bait oh, people ben, out. Oh, don't like... reveal the secrets now. Oh, <laughs> well, no. I feel like they might remove it or they maybe there's a setting in there that I missed because it feels like 
Well, the AI does it, and that was annoying enough sometimes. You know, you're focusing, and then suddenly there's this zoom effect, which you uh, get distracted by. And I think it could be used to grief people. People will do that if they can, and you could do it lots of times in a row and uh, really annoy people. Uh, so whether they make it so that your opponents don't show up, perhaps, or there's a setting to change it, either way, unfortunately, I think it does need to be cancelable, and it's probably a good thing people wouldn't use it if they couldn't cancel it because it is such a lengthy animation. Not being able to get out of that just feels a bit silly and would feel quite natural, actually. I think there is a feature where I think you can turn it off on your side. So if you do it, because I found it very irritating. Yeah. Because it was switched to my, I use cop camera angle. I like to see if I lose the ball and I'm midway through the animation, where my players are for the counter attack. So who, who can I switch to next to radar? And when you zoom in, you kind of lose that field of view. So mm. I think there might be a way to turn it off in the settings. I'm not 100% sure though. Did you guys try time, like green timing any of those power shots? I'm curious how much that helps if it's like a manual thing. It, it does help. You can green time them. But I, I didn't try it enough. Like it would be hard for me to say. It's a really good shot anyway. So I guess it would be useful, especially if you're using a player with lower long shots, I guess maybe. Feels like with a longer run up, it would be somewhat easier to time, almost like a penalty right now, where like mm. you know kind of how long it's going to take to get to the ball. So if you practice it enough, you can get pretty consistent with it. Whereas if you're someone who tries to green time shots like in the box at an angle, it's hard to predict how long that animation will take. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good point. Actually, it probably will be a bit easier. Also, the other thing about it is that it actually, I found, was pretty effective when uh, taking on volleys. I think people don't put that much pressure on you on volleys and, and when the ball's in the air sometimes. And you can kind of start it a bit earlier than you'd think, like when the ball's uh, being trapped. And, and that actually made scoring volleys or taking down the ball and then shooting feel more effective uh, than it has before. And I think combined with the new next-gen animations, it feels quite nice. And, and scoring them is really satisfying, especially with that manual aim. I think it's a, a really nice uh, addition in that sense. And I do like things like that. So uh, for me, that was a big positive. Uh, hopefully, it's not just one of those gimmicks that uh, people try and, and then just stick to whatever they were doing the year before. Because I think it could be something that, that makes a bit of a difference. Let's kind of open the floor a little bit more. Hugh, going through, is there anything that you were like, oh, you know, that could be a good little addition or maybe something that you've seen that they've tweaked that you you like the look of? Yeah, there's definitely a few things I noticed. I think the uh, left-footed skill moves are certainly something that'll add some variety. I was curious if you guys knew if that's just something where like a left-footed player would do a left-footed elastico or you can control if any player does it. Because I'm curious, like if, if you reverse the elastico motion for a left-footed player, that's the same as the reverse elastico. So I don't know, like yeah. So is left-footer does a left-footed version of the skill move, and the elastico direction is essentially flipped to the other side. I think that's awesome. Yeah, it's quite a nice, it's a nice detail, and I think it will catch people out, won't it? it makes uh, shapeshifter cards interesting when they do the foot change. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Which, I wish there was a way that you could do it on both feet if you had like a five-star week filler, but you can't. Yeah, I guess it would need some some kind of input. To, yeah, no, to control, when was the yeah. last time you saw Neymar do an elastico with his left foot? That was the last time we saw Boyle scoop. Well, never, this is going to start the debate of like our skill moves for players that could do them versus do do them. Yeah, yeah. I think that is an inch. I, I guess it's become less relevant now. So many players end up getting five-star skills or, and, you know, people debate it less. But there was that thing of like, should every player have five-star skills? Because ultimately it's just the user who decides to do them. I used to be the one that would say, I bet you John Terry could do 
mm-hmm. Burba spin if you or not a Burba spin a Magidi spin if you wanted to, but he's certainly not doing it ever. Mm. But he could. He just wouldn't pull it off that fast. This is this is way back in the day. Yeah, but. so basically you're saying Harry Maguire should be able to do a Balassi flick. That's what I'm saying, Ben. Well, at Air Japes on Twitter, if you uh, disagree. But let's talk a few skill moves. We've got the starter feint, which is a little shimmy skill, three-star skills. I think it's all right. I mean, it's hard to tell, having only played the AI, how effective these are, so I'll rattle through them. The heel to ball roll, you can see Zhao Felix doing this in the reveal trailer, and I think that's going to be an effective one, uh, one to keep an eye on. Uh, it's basically a variant of the heel to heel with a little ball roll move beforehand. Quite nice. The heel fake is a nice little flare skill I think people will enjoy, uh, but it's five-star skills, whereas the heel to ball roll is four. Uh, there's some new fake shots, which are probably going to be effective fake shots, especially new ones often are. Um, but the thing that I was going to quickly ask you about is the fact that you can manually trigger outside-the-foot shots and passes with the L2 slash LT button, which I think is going to be you know, a good additional way to give people more control. Yeah, and especially for players that don't have good weak foot, that mm. I think it would be pretty beneficial to be able to do that at times. And really just like kind of adds to the realism. Like if you're someone who knows the game well and has played a lot and, you know, in game you think in this situation, if this player was playing this pass, they would do it in a certain way. And it just kind of gives you, gives you that more added level of control, which helps for immersion. Like I, I doubt it'll be like the meta thing to do is like spamming outside of the foot passes or shots. But like, again, similar to the power shots and stuff, it's just like less predictable that if a player doesn't shift the ball to a certain side first, then you maybe don't know that he's going to play that pass. So just it makes the game a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. And again, more control, which I think, you know, is nice. I think we should move on. And something I know, Japes, you may well be interested in is under attacking positioning, there's the addition of an instruction. Um, which is deep lying playmaker instruction. We added a new player instruction for midfielders to consistently ask for the ball um, and gravitate towards ball handlers. I'm assuming by ball handlers, they're talking about players hanging on to the ball. You know what they're talking about, Pat. I mean, I don't know what you guys are calling that over there, but. A little basketball terminology yeah, it's a, it's there. Basketball <laughs> terminology. The player on the ball. They will come short to the player on the ball. Makes sense. Um, later on, we hear in the pitch notes about ball shepherds as well which uh, sounds like a whole other thing uh, not for this podcast but anyway this seems like quite a nice addition uh, i guess it's like free roam but probably better and just for cdms i tried free roam and i it just didn't do what i wanted it to do but mm. this instruction sounds more like what i want so if you have a midfield pairing of one player that's a real ball winner and then you have your you know tiago Alcantara that is still like can do a job defensively, but you want him to start the attack every time. If that player is going to constantly check to the ball, check to your center backs, check to like other midfielders to receive the pass, like that's amazing. Mm. I'm all for this instruction. Yeah, and I'll get onto something else in this attacking movement bit that you might find interesting. Uh, these aren't instructions as such, but things that might help. So one thing is double teammate support call more than one teammate close to support the ball this can be requested by tapping r1 slash rb twice that's on both versions of the game and i think will help with people uh, who feel overwhelmed by presses bringing those two options closer it's as a next gen stuff there's better offside awareness more separation runs from markers if they have high attacking positioning over 85 plus 
and also updated tactical AI to prevent players from being stationary too long. But the big thing that I was thinking for you, Japes, could be nice is pin down defenders. Players with target man destruction or physically strong players, 85 plus strength, will now try to back into defenders when inside the box. You can make use of this behavior to more effectively roll off of the defender after receiving the ball or perform a layoff. So thoughts on that? I'm into the idea of it. I think this is something that when it comes to execution mm. is very much TBD. It could like, cause mm. it could just kind of end up being broken towards the end of the game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, like I know. And I'm also curious, you know, they're talking about attackers that do this. Is it going to happen way too often? Mm. Right. That they end up trying to do it every single time. And you're like, maybe don't do it right now. Mm. I, I love the idea behind it, but I'm a little nervous, Ben. Yeah, I wonder whether this might be something similar as well. Step-ins, stronger players in control of the ball can now step into the defender's way and generate a bigger displacement when contacting weaker players. So you press and release LT slash L2, so that's the shielding button to request that step-in. There's also some shield pushback thing you can do now. So if you hold the left stick backwards towards your opponent and when you're shielding the ball, um, you'll actually push the player away which can be nice. I mean, I think net-net for me is they're trying to do things to make players that aren't like typically meta mm. more usable and give yeah. them tools to like better exploit their strengths, with their, which are not generally strengths in a FIFA game. And I'm, I know I'm using strength. I don't mean necessarily physical strength, but, you know, the same thing with the player, you know, the ball handler thing, right? Players that aren't necessarily, like your Tony Cruz might not necessarily be super pacey, but can ping a pass mm -hmm. and oftentimes doesn't get into good positions and is too slow to get into good positions. So he ends up entirely not usable, giving these these types of players that aren't traditionally meta tools in the game to actually maybe be able to use them. But, you know, everything's in execution. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. And I think something for the, the bigger player that I think he will be interested in having put out a crossing tutorial is that extended crossing zone. I suppose you've seen this uh, in the pitch notes here. I have, yeah. It's it's interesting. It's similar to the, the power shots. It's It gives an extra option for unpredictability that typically from that zone, it would just be like a lobbed pass, which is pretty ineffective from that type of space. So maybe if you're shifting the ball across and you cut inside and someone's open at the far post, it'd be a nice like little clipped cross into the back post. But again, yeah, I think it's definitely nice to you know have more variety of things you can do from different parts of the pitch. Whereas right now it feels like if you're in this spot, you should shoot. If you're in this spot, you should pass. If you're in this spot, you should cross and just like giving more variety to everything. Yeah, I should say actually there's a full diagram in the pitch notes, but it's basically extending the crossing zone, which is out wide beyond the penalty box inside a triangle shape at the top of the penalty box on both sides. I was going to also mention on crossing, one of the things they're saying they're doing is making keepers much more consistent at claiming aerial balls. But Hugh, you were pointing out, it doesn't really feel like they've been weak this cycle. Actually, they've been very strong, especially if you move the keeper. I don't know whether, Neil, you noticed any difference uh, in FIFA 23. I, I don't feel like I did. So I never crossed the ball, even from corners. I passed them. Um, <laughs> oh really? Oh, I did. I did. Oh, yeah, that, that never, never, never. I, I don't score headers. In my, in my opinion, as many would disagree, but I think it's very much RNG. Japes is there, like what the? <laughs> I just, I just don't like. So I, I use the player lock for crossing all the time. Then mm. that has become one of my absolute go tos. I do something to create some space out wide. 
try to get a player free and then manually switch with like a player lock, take the player that's on the far post and make a darting run to the near post, manually head it into the goal. Where's the RNG with that, Neil? <laughs> but you see, James, that's like the exception. Most of the time I see people just going down the wing, just smacking the ball in and hoping and praying. So I agree, there is probably a skill to it. But just for me personally, I never really crossed the ball. But you know, if you think about the the new shot, the one with the longer animation, and you think about extended cross zone, I think it might change the way defending will kind of be played. Maybe, you know, okay, yes, goalkeepers might be effective, but maybe at that region, they made it in such a way where if someone is making the overlap or someone is coming late inside the box or using a player lock, it changes the dynamics of defending now. Because when you're outside the box, you can't just sit back anymore. And if you go mm. forward, you then create more space. So I'm actually all for it. I mean, it's interesting to see how it transpires, of course, but yeah, yeah. if I'm thinking the way it is, it would be very interesting. Yeah, it will be. And it's also interesting to see, obviously, in this last patch, there was this focus on more manual defending and reducing the impact of the AI defending. And I don't know whether that's something that I can say for sure is going to be a feature going into FIFA 23 because we only played against the AI, but it does feel like those reductions in the ability of the AI are there. So we'll have to see how that develops. On that, we'll take a break and be back for more FIFA 23 chat. So you'll have probably heard before that Foot Weekly is made possible by our supporters. And that could be anyone it could be you for example but it's also shane who's the founder of mystic jerseys shane's a long-term supporter of the pod and he's offering 10 percent off the premium box for foot weekly listeners what that means is for a special rate of just over 30 pounds plus a little bit more for postage depending on where you are in the world you can get yourself a mystery box containing a random football shirt which could be from a range of different clubs and nations around the world one of the really good things about it is that you can send a message with your order saying that you wouldn't like a shirt from a particular club presumably a rival club and you can also specify which particular color too if you'd like to take advantage of that then you can head over to mystic jerseys m-y-s-t-i-q-u-e and then jerseys.com and then use the code footweekly f-u-t weekly to get that 10 percent off thanks to shane and mystic jerseys for supporting the podcast and of course all the supporters out there keeping the podcast going you can join them too just search support foot weekly you can get double the podcast content for just three pounds a month link in the description too if you do consider it then a huge thank you and a huge thank you for listening but for now let's get back into the podcast welcome back to start part two one thing i did want to quickly go back to is the low driven shot people may have realized that l1 and r1 shot or lb and rv shot isn't a low driven anymore it's the power shot and um, how do we then take on a low driven shot well actually They've made it a bit like they made heading in the last patch where if you do a low powered shot, so under 40%, I think it is, you then get a, a low driven. But what I couldn't quite work out, Neil, be interested to know if you did any experimentation. If you did a 39% power shot, is that just going to be a very powerful along the ground shot compared to 10%, which is less powerful along the ground? Or is it going to be like a higher shot? Yeah, so from my understanding, I was kind of doing some testing as well with shooting you can't like think of it like a very light almost like you're passing the shot into the goal you can't really achieve that anymore because what happens is if it's below 40 percent it registers a low driven even if you're like a one percent you're still gonna have power it's not like you can kind of like just pass the ball into the back of the net so it's kind of interesting i actually like it to be honest uh because is there really going to be a situation maybe sometimes 
I was just thinking maybe in terms of accuracy, more like a passing, you know, like a thing like a Terry on refinish, cutting inside or going on, going in, going for the corner, like kind of pass the ball into the back of the net. But I, when I did it, I found that most of the shots that were very low power, they're just low driven, but powerful. Yeah, I think that's how I found it too. It's more that that was saying the height of the shot rather than the power. And even if you did a very small amount of power, you were still getting a decent amount of power, if that makes sense. Um, let's move on to something else that I think you found quite interesting you were saying and that is the partial team press which is someone who likes to press but doesn't want to leave myself exposed i found quite good actually it was a very interesting feature which i was honestly very much looking forward to using and i really like it mm. for those of you that do use team press basically what it does is if you double tap and hold the team press button so by default it should be r1 or rb if you're on xbox it sends basically two of your players to closely mark the opponent's passing option. So where I was trying it a lot was, for example, you know, in this FIFA where the meta is kind of like you pass the ball to the striker, you do a first time shot. With partial team press, you can somewhat mark the passing lanes. Mm. It's a very, very effective feature. And I really, really enjoyed using it because I like to press manually. And I think sometimes you want to cover a guy, but then you want AI to mark the passing lane, not just to not to do it the other way around. Does that make sense? Whereas normally you have to kind of manually run back yourself and then use teammate contain and then switch that play when you're close by. So it was kind of a very interesting feature. I'm actually very much looking forward to using it, especially in foot champs. Mm, this is something, Japes, I can see you giving a go as well, actually. I mean, we live by the press, we die by the press. <laughs> I think more so I'm just, again, pro any tools that are going to give me additional ways of playing, I guess. And and this certainly, I think, does that. Yeah, I think it's also interesting. You know, it's it's another kind of high risk, high reward thing where if you don't get the ball, then you might have pulled two players out of position. So it could hurt you. Mm. It's, it, it's certainly something that interests me. I'm curious, do you know if, is it the two players closest to the ball? Like if you had one player who was right next to the ball and the next one was, say, 20 yards away, is that other guy just going to take off running? Like, did you get a sense of, you know, how quickly that triggers? Is it similar to like, the current like contain teammate contain right now like anything you can share on that it's the direction you're facing it's a bit from my understanding so what i remember is and i think someone was saying to me it was that it's the direction that you're facing and it's bit so let's say you're running back if i'm not mistaken i'm trying to think of an example when i use it so i was running back and then i was using partial teammate contain so it's the players that you're facing or i think like, let's say for example you're the last defender uh, or let's say there's there's two there's defender just before the last defender. If you use partial teammate contained there, the game is smart enough to understand. Okay, that's the final man, and there's a, a let's say the opponent is running in behind, so the game is smart enough to understand. Okay, you're controlling a player that's way ahead. It will use partial teammate contained on that player as opposed to someone else. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, no, that does make sense. Yeah, good to know actually. One thing that may also interest you, Hugh, is I know one of your big frustrations with next gen is depth related. And I noticed there was a point about high depth teams holding the defensive line high and they'll be quicker to push up the field when the opponent retreats. Uh, also, just low depth teams will sit deeper and not push up. I mean, I don't know whether this actually is really going to help with your issue with um, you know the whole defense dropping back and opening up space for your opponent. But it's certainly good to see some changes to depth. It was hard to know, I was just playing against the AI, whether there was still that exploitable defensive line, but I guess this is promising. Yeah, it's certainly interesting to me. Hopefully, again, adds more variety. One issue I've found before is that the 
the keepers start so far back. Even if you play a high line, they're starting like they stand basically on the goal line all the time. If you play a high line, there's so much room in behind for someone to play a through ball and the keeper's so far away to come get it. I would like it if if you play a higher depth, if the keeper naturally stayed closer to the edge of his box. Like in real life, Ederson is not standing on his own goal line or Manuel Neuer isn't hanging out on his own goal line while the defensive line is at midfield. He's probably at the edge of the box, even not, if not even further out, ready to come and sweep up passes in behind. So like, even if you use the sweeper keeper instruction, it doesn't really feel like it. Like they'll come for the ball more often, but they don't start further out. So hopefully if we're able to hold a higher line that the keepers kind of act accordingly or else it feels like we're just kind of encouraging more through balls which is like never really a good thing in fifa yeah totally it's going to be something that's interesting to see once playing against humans certainly uh one thing neil i know you focus a lot on in guides you've done is the jockey and that is something that's had a fair few changes as well yeah there is a big change to jockey just want to say one thing though this is only for new gen so it's going to be interesting to see the difference between old gen and new gen um but one of the biggest things is if i'm not unless i've read this incorrectly is that sprint speed no longer well doesn't determine how fast the run and jockey is so defensive awareness stats going to be much more important this year and i believe um, it determines the max speed while using the sprint jockey so it's going to be interesting to see like certain midfielders who i would play in center mid that were very good at cutting the passing lanes manually that might be much slower with this i kind of don't really like it i think it does bring like that almost some of the lower tier players are not as effective anymore kind of thing. I hope it doesn't affect it too much, but it's something that I noticed. They don't really say the extent to how they do it, but that's one thing that I found. And of course, also um, defensive awareness does affect other things like the transition speed between a jockey and a sprint jockey, acceleration, and also um, just generally just speaking, how they can move in certain angles so i think that's a very interesting feature and a change to defending i think they also said that defensive awareness now impacts how fast they are to recover to where they're supposed to be like if you drag them out of position and then switch players that higher defensive awareness players will now go back to their correct position quicker Mm. right let's move on to free kicks james do you remember the days of fifa when uh, to take a free kick used to move the i don't know it was like a little reticule around the ball itself to get the trajectory and power and things like that. Oh, yeah. Well, that's back. The good old days. The the proper free kick system has returned. So you can now do that again. Back when I was a free kick guy. Yeah. I mean, it was a way more satisfying system, certainly. Maybe a little bit more complex, potentially. I don't know whether you think it was, but it, it feels, and having tried it, a lot more satisfying. I enjoyed it. It was definitely going to take some getting used to. One of the things they've done is actually improved the practice arena free kick system and penalty system so you can practice these things a bit better. But it's going to need some practice. I think it's going to pay off to practice these things. I mean, I guess I've just explained it, but you just need to kind of uh, choose where you're going to strike the ball and then you direct it as well um, and decide power. And I think it's going to be good. Neil, how did you find it? So I actually look very much forward to this because... I think maybe every single time I just pass my free kicks all the time. I always find it much more effective. Um, but I think it's going to be an interesting dynamic because now you can do um, you can do the one underneath the wall properly. And of course, you can also have the defensive player lying down behind the wall. But I think it's an interesting aspect. As you said, I think the practice would be the, the real key here, I think. 
I'm actually looking forward to doing just uh, just different types of shots, to be honest. I know it just kind of sounds, but I just pass all my free kicks most time because it's not, for me, just not efficient to just shoot unless you really know the angle. But I think a top player, they put a player on the, on the line or they move the goalkeeper a little bit. Sometimes unless you get that really green time shot, it's quite difficult to hit. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate that it's, again, kind of more realistic, like, in real life, you can't just feel like, oh, I'm going to aim for the top corner and that's where it's going to go, mm. like within some amount of error. Like you're you're having to decide where on the ball you want to hit it. And hopefully that's also impacted by like the run up and like, you know, the, you know, exactly where it goes, like based on free kick accuracy and everything. So I definitely appreciate that. I'm curious to see if they do anything with longer range free kicks, like ones that you're not shooting, because it feels like so much of the time those are just not worth like playing long into the box like i don't think anyone ever does that mm. like everyone just takes them short so it'd be nice to see some sort of change to that but i guess we'll see but also uh, seeing the change to penalties too so i think it's good you know it just keeps things a bit fresh adds a new learning curve something you know change things up a bit yeah i agree and actually i was going to ask neil how you found penalties because i definitely need to practice some penalties going into fifa 23 they were quite different and the system the way it works is it's kind of like so different because you're not aiming it in a specific place it's more about the power you're doing and there's this composure uh, kind of circle that you have to time in the right place people are definitely going to want to practice this before they get caught out in penalties in an important game well now there's no in theory there's no reticle and i think you can still hit it past the goal but like i think you're more of the time it's fixated within the goal but Mm. I think that that composure circle is going to be interesting. I wonder if, for example, um, like let's say you're doing a proper penalty shot with five penalties each. I wonder how that circle would differ in speed depending, like, you know, if you have to get that penalty to score that goal um, to stay in the to stay in a penalty shootout, will that, you know, go at a different speed and stuff like that? That would be very interesting as well. I know the composure stat does affect how that, ret- well, that circle moves around the ball. And of course, the closer it is to the ball, the smaller the reticle, the more accuracy you have or power. And of course, the further away, the less you have. But it'll be interesting to see how that changes. Because I think, I remember the good old days. Do you remember like when they used to have the reticle in penalties? I remember they used to be like, a, was it FIFA 16? In a very OP way where you could aim above the goalkeeper's head and used to bounce off the crossbar and go in. I don't know if any of you guys remember that, but it would be very interesting. I've not actually tried it that much, but I think it's going to be well, one that's worth practicing. When I did use it though, um, I think... I find it a bit easier, to be honest. Maybe that's just me, but I did find it a bit easier, personally speaking. Yeah. And it also looks like, Jake, I don't know how you feel about this, actually. The, the head, I think the head movement's gone. Do you think that's a good thing? Or? Yeah, I, I think there, certainly it was maybe a little too broken, I would say. Uh, like, I hate the head movement. It's like so obvious and goes against everything that feels normal in real life. Do you think so? Do you think... Because obviously in real life, you can look at the goal, right? To bait the keeper. I mean, players do do that, right? Yeah, well, they, they do it to bait the keeper. Mm. I uh, I just have no control over which way I'm looking. Does that make sense? Like, I can't change it very easily, which I find annoying. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a messy system in some ways currently because you can look straight ahead and then change where you're putting the penalty. But you're going to be penalized for doing that. Whereas that's pretty normal, I think. So yeah, this new system might be good. I think we've definitely got to see uh, in action a bit more, especially again, 
human versus human. Uh, next, wanted to talk about one of, I guess, the final features, pretty much uh, one of the more significant things, the accelerate system that they're adding. And basically, the idea is that there's now going to be three archetypes of acceleration. Uh, you've got controlled, which is going to be the majority of players, explosive and lengthy. For explosive, you can imagine players like Vinny Jr. and Mbappe fitting this mold. And for lengthy, you know, it's going to be players like Van Dyke. They actually give the specific attributes that are required and heights to define whether these players are going to be explosive or are going to be lengthy or whether they're, yeah, if they don't fit into those categories, they're going to be controlled. It sounds kind of good to have that variety in the way players move because basically it's going to lead to a slightly different running or acceleration animation. But it feels weird to, in my opinion anyway, to have three distinct kind of categories when surely most players have some kind of mix of the three rather than being explosive, lengthy, controlled. It feels a bit binary to me. And the way that it's done is basically if you hit a certain threshold in terms of your height and stats, then you're one of these three. I don't know, James, what, what do you think about it? Any particular thoughts? I guess it's maybe something you'd have to see in game. Um, yeah, I think so. I am... Um... I'm pro uh, players feeling a little bit more unique. Mm. I think the tricky part with players being more unique, obviously, is something I love to talk about, is like how do they end up balanced as one body type or whatever become far superior? I think it's going to change big time the way the game feels. Yeah, I think you made this point, Hugh, about if players do actually change within foot, which is possible, uh, different versions change because the stats are the things that, that matter here that by the end of the cycle, like no one's going to be explosive, right? You're noticing one of the particular requirements for their stats. Yeah, yeah, it was something interesting. I think it says that like for the explosive type that like agility minus strength needs to be greater than or equal to 15. And I was actually looking, so Golden Bappe has 92 agility, 77 strength, so that's exactly 15, so he would be explosive. But his first inform got plus one agility and plus two strength, so the difference is 14, so that inform Mbappe would not be explosive mm. which I, I would hope that they could code like hard code these things to player body types as well like at least for the unique players so like no matter what Vinicius or Mbappe will always be the explosive body type so you're not getting like a detriment from them having more strength because that just like doesn't like they wouldn't be yeah, less yeah. explosive yeah for a better card but yeah as, a, as you were saying like towards end of the game Everyone's pretty much 90 plus in everything. Worst case, maybe they're 99 agility and like 85 strength, which is still not explosive. So it's it'll be interesting to see that like if the at the end of the game, everyone's just kind of the same style with that, or maybe it doesn't really matter because they're all max pace, so it doesn't really change much, yeah. but it'll certainly be interesting. Yeah, and it says acceleration type is calculated right before the kickoff. It's important to note that it is affected by attribute changes that can happen before the match. And it specifically says chemistry, which does kind of suggest, right, that uh, if chemistry boosts a player into being explosive, for example, or what have you, that uh, a different version of the player would also do that. So it's a, it's a strange thing because that could lead to it being almost irrelevant to foot, uh, you know, towards the end. Also, uh, I think the final thing I wanted to say uh, here, Neil, and it's probably something we could come back to, but I, I kind of struggle to really get into it and to really get to grips with it, because I think it feels really quite different. And that's the whole dribbling system that they've added. This is 
technical dribbling. And they've laid out in quite a lot of detail what attributes make a difference, things like that. But it was quite noticeable how different dribbling feels in FIFA 23. I think this will probably be the biggest thing that will probably split the community. I mm. think it'll be a steep learning curve. For me personally, I don't know how everyone else left stick dribbles, but I flick my left analog stick as opposed to kind of holding it and rotating it. And I had a lot of difficulties um, dribbling. So it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of pans out and how they kind of work around that. And I think, especially given the fact that old gen and new gen are going to, so I think I believe old gen doesn't have technical dribbling and new gen only does have it, it's going to make the gameplay completely different. So I think the biggest learning curve for everyone, I think, will definitely be the left left stick dribbling. Because mm. don't forget, this is independent from agile dribbling, it, not, not like skill, this is just purely just left stick movement. And I think that will be probably the biggest thing that's going to, changed maybe i think you see hear a lot of negative things about it in the beginning but i think with that you just have to give it a chance learn it first and i think that'll be the biggest hurdle i suppose the average player will have to well every player they will have to go across yeah yeah because it doesn't change for like 20 years i think i've been driven yeah. the same way since, since i was like a kid so I, it's the, probably the most basic thing that we just underlook overlooks should i say um but had the biggest change yeah and i should say actually both L1 dribbling and R1 dribbling and, and the other types of dribbling I suppose in the game haven't changed but the way that standard left stick dribbling works has kind of changed I would say that at times I was finding it incredible I felt it was really really good and I think it is what you're saying about if you can almost mimic a real player's movement in the way you move your left stick and uh, kind of almost follow through in the motions you're doing with that left stick I think it can work really well and you can get some really satisfying natural looking moves but it is that thing of does it make players feel less responsive because at times the players did feel less responsive and obviously that's always going to be something people don't like it might feel more realistic it might look more natural and at times it, it was kind of breathtaking to see but that isn't necessarily what people want and I think that is something we have to see how it develops because there's still plenty of time for tuning. And I'm kind of interested to see how it plays out. Anything at the end here, because uh, we're going to be wrapping up pretty much now. Uh, Japes, you wanted to add? No. Good. Facts, Ben. Facts. <laughs> I'll just say very quickly, just maybe be a bit more patient this year. I think because normally you see a bit of changes, but not that drastic. Whereas I think this year, defensively drastically changed, in my opinion. Um, you can argue attack has. And... Uh, things like lesser dribbling. So I think it's going to be a bigger hurdle than like most years where you can get quickly into it one or two weeks. I think it'll take a bit longer. So I'll just say, yeah, just be patient. I think for me, that is the big thing. It was really enjoyable because it felt quite different. It felt good. It felt fresh. But then you think that is almost a negative two because the jump between FIFA 21 and 22, I don't think was huge and it made it easier to balance. Whereas I think there's, there's more here for them to contend with in terms of balancing. So there might have to be a bit of patience in terms of that too. But either way, very much looking forward to playing it more. Uh, it was really interesting to play and I'm really looking forward to playing against uh, not just the AI, but other opponents. The other thing I wanted to say is quite a few questions in, which were really good ones. I want to talk about them more. We just haven't had time. And also, though we're going to be talking about this again, would welcome more questions via the usual channels at footweeklypod, footweekly at mail.com, all the usual uh, places. I would really appreciate them. Just like I appreciate Japes having you on the podcast. Cheers, Ben. Excited about, uh, you know, all the good things that are 
FIFA 23. Mm. A lot of changes this year, which is fun. Usually I feel like we're saying mm. they're changing like a few things that feel like rather, I don't want to say like pointless, but. Yeah, well, you did. But no, I see what you mean. There's normally a couple of things which are really big ticket items, then the others are, uh, you know, not that significant. But there's a lot that could have an impact here. Mm -hmm. um, we'll see. Anyway, uh, thank you very much as well to Huber for coming along. Uh, I guess you'll be chatting about it in the Discord. So anyone who's a gold or above supporter can head over there and continue the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, exciting. I guess I think early access starts on September 27th. So that's exactly two months from today, which is pretty crazy with the ultimate edition yeah yeah so it'll be uh exciting you definitely join the discord especially you know beginning of the cycle is always fun seeing people sharing what they're finding is working or not working or sharing uh videos on you know when the new game comes out helping people out so it's always you know a lot of good info in there for especially for uh start of the cycle when no one really knows what's going on definitely yeah no very good point and thank you very much as well to neil who certainly will have a lot going on at the start of the cycle Yes, thank you very much for having me on. I really enjoy these podcasts. Uh, it's good, of course, speaking to you as well. Yeah, always good. Uh, remember, you can catch Neil N-E-A-L Guides on YouTube for plenty of FIFA 23 guides when that comes around. And if you're listening to this podcast, perhaps a little bit closer to launch, catching up, then do subscribe so you can get those weekly podcasts into your podcast feed with a more consistent schedule and uh, weekly release than is currently the case thank you very much to all the listeners out there for bearing with and of course a big thank you to all those supporters particularly at this time of year when if it wasn't for them uh, realistically it'd be very difficult to be doing the podcast so thank you very much really appreciate it and a big thank you to those icon supporters dave b coach vass chris w dj fifa player hugh j steve c matt l alistair alan g anthony r dominic rob p l Jeff B, Christopher R, Stephen F, Michael, Tom B, Damon H, Nick Jack M, Eric T, Roger D, Alex M, Dan W, Sila P, Matt H, Harry P, Neil P, Adam G, At Pace of a Tortoise, Brian S, Andrew C, Sam K, Jake G, Michael P, Zach O, Springford, Patrick, Dominic G, Adam H C, Adam R, Andy H, Joe W, Dylan, Orion B, Mindle L, and Tim J. Plus a special thanks to Luke M, Dave B, Hugh J, Tom M, Darren W, and Pato Foot for advice and production assistance. Before I leave you, just one more thing to add though. FIFA's a bit like life really. It has its many ups and its many downs. If you're having a few more downs than ups in real life in these more difficult times, then please don't feel that you're alone or need to struggle on without taking action. If you go to thecalmzone.net, there's loads of resources, advice, support, or even just a friendly chat for anyone who needs it. If it sounds like it could help you, then head over to thecalmzone.net. And for now, have a good one, and I'll catch you on the next podcast. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today, because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.